All right, podcasting time. Here we go. Colin Thomas is here from Essential Maintenance, and we will fix it Dubai. We're in the Rove podcast studio. We're going to talk DIY. <laughs> Weird that. I, I was driving in this morning, and I really thought that you were racing me out of satellites. There was a Volkswagen Beetle, pink. I thought it was one of your new versions that you just acquired and you wanted to bring it and show it off. Pink. It was it was hot pink. Do you know what? But Actually, he was racing me in the Jeep and I thought, it's got to be Colin. If it was cheaper, <laughs> I probably would get it in pink. <laughs> one of those things. You know, we're up to eight now. Really? Yeah. I oh. mean, uh, half of them are still in the US. Oh, okay. I was wondering but, if they're but, all oh, here. Well, no, no, wait, I've got three here. So remind people of what this is because oh, this yes. is kind of cool. So this is the Beetle Banger Club, which was something that we, uh, we originally planned... Oh, three years ago now, I think, uh-huh. uh, which was the basic concept of, could we get a bunch of people to find really rubbish cars and race them around the autodrome? Yeah, okay. That was the idea. And right. it started off as, um, there's a series in the US called The Lemons, not mm-hmm. Le Mans. Le Mans. Lemons, <laughs> uh, which is exactly that. So cars are of a very small value that yeah. they race round and round for 12 hours at a time. Well, we knew that was going to be a bit ambitious, but why don't we go for 40 minutes and see where we go from there? <laughs> okay, start, start low. Yeah, but this is Dubai, where basically you can't come along a pristine, world-class track and throw oil everywhere. So we have rules and regulations. So we were talking about this for probably two years. In fact, no, no, it's, it, it was... It must be three and a half years now. Yeah, so two years we were talking about it, and nobody could agree on the WhatsApp about what we were going to do, and gradually it went quiet. Uh-huh. And then one day I saw this absolutely shot manual uh, Volkswagen Beetle, which is really rare here. And I just went, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do it entirely the wrong way around. I'm going to buy the car and then I'm going to work out what I'm going to do. So I bought the car and uh, I sent it over to uh, the uh, the garage. Actually, I used EBC for this one because okay. I think yeah. Glenn was busy with all my other projects. <laughs> and uh, they said, so, uh, do you want the good news or the bad news? I was like, well, we'll have the good news then. He's like, the car runs. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> there yes. There we go. There we go. For 15 seconds <laughs> before it not only overheats, but it quite clearly is very, very sick, uh, this engine. Um and apart from that, you've got another probably 10,000 to spend on this 1,500 dirham car oh. to get it anything like where it should be. So I did the the logical thing that everybody would do in this situation, which is um, I said, yes, go for it. <laughs> As you did. Anyway, so, and then it took probably six months to renovate this one car. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, it did. It, well, it was one of those fit-in projects around other things that, that people were doing. So engine replacement the whole car needed a complete respray. All of the mechanics needed redoing. It was uh, it was quite an involved activity. And then we got to the stage of okay, well, the car's ready. So now what? What am I actually going to do with this? So then at that point, I'm like, okay, well, we kind of found out along the way that in Dubai you can't just take any old car and put it on the racetrack and try and race it. So instead, there's uh, the FIA, the same people that control <laughs> Formula One. <laughs> I have to speak to to try and put a series together here. Okay. We need to have a roll cages of FIA spec inside. We yeah, need yeah. Uh, fire suppression systems. We need fuel tanks. We need uh, fuel cells, rather. Uh, we need full harnesses. We need hands devices. You know, the, these are the res- restraints right, in an right. accident. Yeah. Uh, you don't kill yourself. I think that was um, through Dale Hearnhart Jr.'s um, accident yeah. in IndyCar that killed him. 
Um, so all of this, it, it's kind of got very professional along the way, but we've got a halfway house, which is track days initially, um, where uh, people can come and just enjoy the cars in a safe environment. So we've been doing that now for the last probably three months, I guess. And it's just been incredible. And the last time that we were out, which is now a month ago, blimey, um, we had the second car that arrived and it just changed everything. <laughs> it was just mind-blowing. So much fun because they were so evenly matched. They're way more evenly matched than we ever imagined they would be because my car was pretty, I thought, was pretty much tuned and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, straight out the box, now admittedly, they're a very good garage that's got it. And um, they, oh, and also it was the same garage that had done mine. So okay. they did have the experience yeah, yeah. there. But out the box, they were so evenly matched. It was unbelievable, which made it 10 times more fun. Glenn has just got his uh, two weeks ago. So now they're going to be ready for the 20th, which is next week, I think. Um, So we'll then have three out. Four and five I bought and uh, financed for another garage. Uh, they Actually, they're financing it, rather. And those are on the water now. So I think they're probably about six weeks out. I'm buying seven tomorrow, hopefully, assuming that the auction goes through. Eight has just been announced as well. So uh, we need 10 to create the series and when it all gets a lot more serious. But the idea is to take everybody through that process of, of and we're literally all just you know, fat dads, we like to call ourselves. Yeah, fat dads. And, um, <laughs> uh, but just looking for little outlets on yeah. Monday nights and the way it works, everybody um, pays in 5,000 dirhams as the general buy-in for the cars and then it's 350 dirhams a night. So it's not, okay. it's not nice. for motorsport, that's yeah. not bad. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. We've got another halfway house, which is basically called Track Attack. Um, Track Attack. Yeah, which is another outfit in the UAE that have organised that, where um, we can, we can rather than racing each other, which is the FIA-regulated stuff, yeah. uh, we actually race against the clock, and then you, you basically have a, um, a, a racing order based on that. And where do you do Track Attack? Same place? Uh, inter- I think they're more Abu Dhabi-based, but okay. if we're going to go with 10 cars, then I think we might be able to arrange for him to come to us. So we're okay. going to see where we go with that. One which should be really interesting, but the whole idea then is to is to convert the cars over to FIA spec so that we actually can race together. But then we have to do the FIA racing drivers licenses so that we don't all smash each other at the first corner and like a Formula One race and um, and treat each other with respect, which is the other thing that's going to be key for these guys to understand. (laughs) Because if it's supposed to be a budget series, the last thing you need to be doing is rebuilding your whole car on every race. Yeah. So, you know, we've got all that to go, but I'm loving it. It's just the most fantastic, I I call it mental sorbet. It's the stuff outside of work, uh, which just really entertains me, like the Pajeros as well, and and loads of other things have a, a, a finger in. And it's just for me that's that's really what um, what gives the color to life. You mentioned work; it's DIY time, isn't it? Things must be going crazy DIY, and that's where I wanted to go in this this episode because people have got family coming to visit. We've got end of year stuff. We've got New Year stuff. We've got holiday stuff. As soon as you got people coming in your door, you start taking a look around, and it's all these little tiny things that aren't really that difficult that you start realizing, oh, I got to fix that. But usually you got to fix it right at the last minute. And we don't want people doing that. Well, that's because they kind of build up over the time, don't they? And it's one of those where, why do I get somebody in just to do that? Yeah. Why do I get somebody in just to do that? Right, I've got 20. Why do I get somebody in just to do that? So let's get it done now. And this is where the issue comes because you're absolutely right. Now it's crazy busy for DIY. And uh, as a result, it, it, we're 
Probably, I don't know, three days booked ahead three at the moment, ahead. which is a lot wow. for us. But if you imagine, we're doing 140 to 180 jobs a day. Um, so on the DIY side, that's probably, probably 14. Yeah, actually, that's probably about 100 and, 160 jobs ahead for DIY over that period um, as well. So it, it's great from our perspective, yeah. but we kind of need people to plan ahead somewhat um, for the work that they need. Um, but a lot of it is just not really nice. A lot of people just want to beautify their homes well, ready it. for people coming rather than actual problems. So there's lots of, oh, we're doing a lot of dishwasher installs as well. Oh, well, hold on. Well, if you imagine. Dishwasher installs. Yeah. yeah. When's the worst time of the year for doing your washing up? <laughs> yeah, this time of year. Christmas Day. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, literally, we must have done five in the last week. Really? Yeah. Now, that's an easy thing, though, isn't it? No. <laughs> it sounds easy. Everybody thinks it's easy, which is take out my, my cupboard, and everybody does the same thing. Here's a picture of my cupboard. Take it out, put in a dishwasher. End of that. Do you have a water supply? Do you have a drain? Do you have power? Not above your worktop, below your worktop. Because if you don't, we've either got to drill through the worktop, which we're not doing because there's a good chance we're going to crack it and then we're liable for it. Alternatively, you've got to take a power source from somewhere that really isn't going to look good, like going round a door hold on, from hold on. higher levels. Aren't most places today set up that there is a, a dedicated spot for a dishwasher? Only in properties that were constructed within kind of the last 10 to 12 ah. years on the whole inner development. Really? Most of the others, and especially independents, Bosch is notorious for it. They didn't even think about it. Oh, no. Yeah, then you've got some fun. Um, I mean, it's still doable. It's just yeah. it's a nasty, nasty project, to say the least, to do it. And uh, So, how, so ballpark figure, how long does it take to install a dishwasher? If the, if, if the, the various items are there, probably about three hours. And if they're not there? If they're not there, day and a half. Wow. Maybe. Wow. And, and that's a dirty day and a half as well. We're, we're digging into walls. Or you've got uh, the really nasty trunking that has to go quite a long way so to I, be able to make you, it work. How do you install the drain? Like, where are you installing it over to the sink? I think. So the way, yeah, yeah. that's the way, exactly the way that you do it. But if you remember, um, you're going to need gravity as well. So oh. what, what you would use is, <laughs> the way we would do it is, yeah. so from the uh, the single outlet that's going for, from the sink, yeah. we then pull that out to a T-piece then splits. Oh. You need a head because if you imagine um, the, there was a, a, a waste pump that is in a dishwasher. If you just plugged it straight into that T-piece, it would spray straight out. So you need vertical height on those to be able to get uh, the, uh, that in. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, at that point, then you've got to make sure that you're balancing that out because the sink waste is gravity fed. <laughs> right. So yeah. then it flows back. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, and no. also you don't want one to flow. <laughs> you don't want one to flow into the other. Yeah. So therefore there's a whole balancing out that's required there. Oh, man. Uh, power, if the power isn't there, then yeah, you've normally got to go around the, the end of a worktop uh, rather than drill through it. Uh, unless there's something clever that we can do along the way. One of the uh, the often scenarios, especially on independent villas, is if they've used standard slabs uh, rather than custom-made um, worktops, quite often the cover strip behind it actually hides a big hole, in okay. which case we can get power down oh, okay. in there and then put <laughs> yeah, that cover yeah, back. Easy. So it just depends on that one. Um, water supply, that's easy, just a T-splitter yeah. straight off the supply for the taps. Yeah, you want, speaking of water supplies, that's, I mean, that's really cool. I'm glad people are getting dishwashers yeah. and it's, I really always just thought of a dishwasher as out of the truck, take off the plastic wrap, put it in, hook up, hook up, hook up, get out of there. Actually, a bit, word of warning on that. Oh. When um, the, there are suppliers that do that, and that's quite a standard thing in Dubai, where they'll hook it up for you. Yeah. 
However, most of the people who hook it up have no idea what an earth is for. Oh, no. You won't notice that until probably about a year and a half along the way, where there's a good chance that you're going to end up with an earth leakage. At that time... But isn't it attached in the, the plug socket? Isn't the... Oh, earth- it's all there. Okay. Yeah, it's all there. and It's all in the cabling. But the guys literally will cut it off rather than connect it. <gasps> okay. So you've just got a live and a neutral. Oh, nice. What this practically means for a family is... If at some point there is any kind of issue with that dishwasher, which is frequent, that's a normal thing that would happen over the year, that unit becomes live. When your kids are touching it, they will get an electric shock. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. So it's a major, major issue, um, and and one that a, a customer would never understand, and they couldn't even see with the direct connections that most of these units are, are, are done with. So you almost have to have someone who's supervising, literally a supervisor who's watching, don't cut that off. Make sure you... Or I, would, I would never have. I mean, I know it's easy for me yeah. um, because obviously I've got I've got teams around, but I would never have an installation company install uh, okay. a unit myself for that reason. Yeah. Um, and actually, quite often on units that I've had over the years, and especially when I bought the second-hand ones in the early days, um, I would actually arrange a secondary earth off the unit just in case the primary failed. <laughs> because also, you don't necessarily trust the yeah, uh, the yeah. earths that are that are available. So I'd always always throw a secondary in. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Yeah. You know, another one that I've noticed recently, I've been, you know, you go and visit people. I've noticed banisters are loose. Yeah, weird one that, yeah. isn't it? And and so, you know, you're walking around and you're coming down and you, and you notice it shakes a little bit. And then I'm kind of looking to see, well, how's this thing affixed? Okay, so how it's often affixed, which is the reason that it's loose, is all they use is use a gypsum screw. Not into nah. anything. <laughs> not into anything. Let's not get crazy here. So they, they just throw a gypsum screw straight in. And the way they do it is they drill a much smaller hole than required in concrete. Uh-huh. And then just screw it. Okay? <laughs> no, which is insane. No, you know, pl- no plugs, nothing? no nothing. So oh. that's that's where it goes wrong. Now, the actual... Oh, and also, of course, they're not going to use all of the um, the fixing locations because oh, no, that, no. that takes more time to drill. So they just do one or two and... Yeah, exactly. Here. And it's not as though it's safety, a banister, <laughs> is it? You know? Oh, man. It's just... That's, that's a shocker. That's a real shocker. Luckily... The places that I've lived in, actually, I haven't had that problem. Okay. But it's a standard thing. I, I go proper orangutan on the um, on the banisters <laughs> when I'm walking in somewhere because for me that's a given that they're going to yeah. be dodgy. But so far, actually, I haven't had one. I've got another one I noticed where it wasn't on the wall, but it was a freestander sort of guarding so you don't fall down the stairs. And at the very bottom, there's a nice big square post, and it shakes. And I was looking at it to say, well, how's this thing affixed? And near as I can see. One bolt, one big lag bolt that who knows how that thing is actually genius. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer that if you're going to go for that post, the post um, design, yeah. then the fixings need to be a minimum of two on a diagonal and quite separated from each other. Otherwise you've got no base to be able to work from. And when the fixings are in there, that needs to be something like an, an M6 expansion bolt. an absolute minimum, ideally MA, M10. The bigger they are, the more, fi- uh, the more force they can take because in effect you've, you, you've just created a lever. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. if somebody, the location where somebody's going to push that is right on the top, which is the highest point from the lever <laughs> that you possibly could do. So therefore, if you're going to do that, you need to seriously over-engineer it. it it's I, an absolute I just requirement. don't get why they're not doing this when they're installing it. Like, it's only one other anchor to put in. Yes. I, don't, I just don't get it. Yeah. Hey, listen, there's one other question that you, you ask me every week that you haven't asked me this week. Which one's that? Oh, the shed. There we go. <laughs> Ed? Ed? Well, no, I haven't finished it. 
<laughs> I've you, done more. You brought it up. You, I know. I've like, done more. I've done more. Like the last, I, and it's funny because uh, you know everyone knows that the podcasts don't come up instantly. So I end up listening to older podcasts as I'm getting ready and, you know, and as we put up the video, because the video and the audio tend to be out of sync. I'm working on that. I'm working on that on the YouTube to keep it in sync because it's just way too confusing for me. I wonder whether I can do one of those mouth movements. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and just just to throw you off. And the last one that I put up, we were talk, we were talking, we were at the last, the last mile. I called it the last no, no, mile. No, of the no, show. no. If you remember, <laughs> what I actually said there was, I've got about four hours more work to do. Yeah, yeah four hours. That was it. Four yeah, I hours. know. But the thing is, if you are so how many a hours family man, yeah. three, if you, three hours. If you are a family man, you never get a four hour hold slot. On, hold on, but but you're semi retired. I'm not anymore. Oh. Tell you what, I'm about as full time as it gets these days. However. <laughs> However, as it uh, as it goes, what I've now managed to get to, and you run a maintenance company, I know DIY. Well, I know. if people would stop booking us, I'd have some time for the maintenance teams. But we're absolutely it's arrivals. So, so you have three uh, hours left. What did you get done? So I managed to trim off uh, both sides of the uh, the felt. Oh, okay. I managed to nail the felt in. So, the, so we had the, the roofing felt that was was cut at an awkward uh, length. Yes, by it the was. Father-in-law. So I've solved. I've solved that now. Did you put another layer on? Uh, no, that's still to come. That's the final bit that I need to do along with the, the physical trim pieces. But I've cut it down. Uh, what I actually did in the end was I used. It's a little bit bodgy. Um, but just a little bit. What I did was I used, uh, so I basically had from the lower level, because it's a four section roof yeah. and it's one side where I have the problem and it's the juncture between the lower part of the roof and uh-huh. the higher part uh-huh. of the roof that the, ideally you'd have had the higher one that overlapped. So that way, when the rain came, it rolled yeah, down yeah, that onto yeah. the lower one. But my father-in-law cut the, the top section flush. So what I did was I reversed engineered it. So I over I, I over allowed on the lower section so that I can actually cover the area that he cut off short. And then what I did was I've siliconed the inside of that oh. uh, of that joint. Yeah. So that then when I overlaid it, I got a waterproof seal when because I, I then uh, nailed it with galvanized nails as I went. So that way I've got that as the first line of defense. That's where I'm up to now. Now the second line of defense... Now hold on, you you nailed it. Could you have stapled it? I could have done had I got um, a a staple gun that would do that. But in in effect, to do that, I would have needed um, an air compressor, which I've got, but just not at home. Carrying that thing is an absolute pig. And a staple gun, which I would have had to borrow from another friend who he's got, but again, going around to his house, actually trying to get out of there sober is difficult. So so in the end, I took this option because I had the nails there and available, James. From, these are you got these from the UK or are these Dragon Mart specials? No, these aren't. These were Ace actually. Ace, yeah. Um, Suki, hey, Suki. I brand. gotta say something about Ace. Just you know, just pause talking yeah, yeah. about the roofing felt. I was in Ace the other day. Which uh, one? Festival City. Yeah, cool. And the proper Ace. I noticed that they actually had bins of hardware as opposed to just the little sachets. They're all doing that now, and which I went is brilliant. I, I find I said finally, finally, yeah, absolutely. Might, and they're not even expensive. The small, no. small um, plastic bags, Ninders, medium 19, large 39, I think. Yeah. That's a bargain for what they're offering. Yeah. Well, the, the difference is absolutely amazing. So uh, definitely, that is a, that's a real step forward. And they've got really good hardware bits that are there for yeah, you to, to fill I mean, those in. Look, you pay a premium. So you, everyone knows that if you're going to Ace, there's a premium, but it, it can be very convenient. But the premium on that, actually, because you're able to mix and match, right. 
is actually, I don't think that is a premium. I think that's an absolute bargain. Yeah. I really do. Oh, yeah, so good step forward. Okay, right. back to the roofing felt. Okay, so... Galvanized nails. So, galv nails have gone in, so that's all been done, and I kind of tidied up the other side at the, at the same time. And then at that point, I got called in for... I oh, I know. Kids showers. Do the kids showers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mind you, bless her, she brought me out a beer, which was fantastic. Right, yeah, right. yeah. But because uh, it's out the front of the property, she's, cle- right. she's clever at times. <laughs> I've got this craft beer, and I swear, I swear, it looks just like lemonade on the packing outside. Right, yeah, yeah. So I can happily drink this outside and um, and and get away with it. So uh, so yes, I was, it was quite an enjoyable hour. But the next stage is going to be if I now three so, hours left. There's three hours left. It's all of the trim pieces, which are all um, a wooden L section that's going on. But again, what I'm planning to do now is to actually use more silicon actually in the inside of the L to help that seal as I go, and then I'm going to nail it. And bizarrely enough, I managed to get the the, uh, the nails from Ace as well. Really? So zinc, zinc nails, so hopefully they've wow. got some, um, uh, some, some uh, resistance against water uh, in them. So they're not galv, which would have been nice, but a galv I'd have to get from the UK. That's galvanised, by the way, people. Um, and that would have been a pain in the neck. So I decided to accept zinc and go with that. Mm. Um, so yeah, should should be right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fingers crossed. So three hours. That's it. Three hours. Any chance it's going to be finished in the next month? No. <laughs> Absolutely. Then what we got to talk about? Come on, James. Well, you'll have a new project, don't. Yeah, it's true. I, I need to work out what the new project is because um, that double bed. It's proving difficult to find the um, the frame. I told you, we, we've got. You, you're buying a bed. Yeah, we are, but it needs to be huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the simple reason that with dogs and various other things, um, there's. I thought you would have had it by now. Oh no, in here. No, 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 no. Did you go to Intercoil and, and talk to the folks over there. Now that's logical, James, but we're not doing it that way. <laughs> um, what we are going to do is try and work out. See, I think that the mattress is the easy bit, and we don't want like a it's divan, isn't it, where you have like the box underneath. Don't really want that. All right. So we want a frame as such, and a wooden frame at that. And from what I can work out, the only way of getting the kind of sizes that we need is custom build. The pergola guy, he can help you. No, he was aluminium. <laughs> what are you on about? I no, thought they no, wood. No, I thought no. they did wood as well. No, I've got Jamaica carpentry. Jamaica carpentry could okay. do. It. But again, if they if they gave me any change out of seven thousand for for the frame, I'd be very surprised. And then when you put spending seven thousand on the frame, and when I mean it's going to be a super king plus, you know, it's, yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be around two twenty width. So once you've done that, you're you're in for quite a quite a wedge. And um, th- I mean, this bed's lasted us 13 years, so we haven't done too badly yeah, with really it. Good. Yeah. But and why are you need replacing to it? it? Why do you need to get rid of it? Well, because it's, this is a 180, which is a standard king with. Yeah. And now we have uh, both Roller and Pannington that, that have their own amazingly comfortable beds. They even had a bed in our bedroom <laughs> yeah. because they, they cried so much downstairs <laughs> that we gave in, stupid people that we are. <laughs> So they're in the bedroom as well, but now what happens is in the middle of the night, they both come up and they are in the middle. But the problem is Rolo's a little bit rotund. (laughs) And what he does is, so he has the top position, which is directly between Natalie and myself. And what he does is he climbs up very, very gently, and then he does an airborne motion (laughs) so that he lands flat on his back with all four legs in the air. Looks like he's been shot. But the problem is, because he's slightly rotund at that point, both of us get knocked. But he knows that he'll get less abuse from me if he does it more to me than to Natalie. So I quite often end up fly, uh, flying, literally falling out of bed. And, um, and I, I wake up kind of airborne just to get my hand out in time so I, I don't faceplant. So, 
So as a result, <laughs> yeah. we need a wider bed. And actually, the difference of 40 centimetres is basically his rotund belly. Oh, man. That's where we're at. So, yeah, yeah okay. this is the plan. You got everything sorted out in the house for the holidays? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Natalie did the Christmas tree uh, last weekend. Yeah. We don't go too early with all that. Uh-huh. Uh, but we had loaned it to the brother-in-law and sister-in-law last year. And we got a real tree, and we, we remember, remember all the that, hassles yeah. that we yeah. had with that, or we yeah. can't do that again. So we, we went back to the Christmas tree, and all of a sudden, it's lost a few branches. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those moments, isn't it? <laughs> so I remember, I distinctly remember that Christmas tree, that the issue was, because we've had it now, uh, what, 2008 I got it and it was second hand then I bought it from a flower uh, a florist in Motor City Contempo okay uh, which were it was their one that they'd used for a year so we're talking 2007 here but it, I mean it's it's an absolutely top end it looks incredible yeah. when it's up yeah. but we get into the stage where the plastic's going a little bit brittle so it lost yeah. a couple of the mounting points for all the branches yeah. so I, ha- I was a few branches up year before last I am now two branches down Uh-oh. this year. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that anything <laughs> went on last year with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. However, things are different now. But luckily, it'll spread out quite nicely in the way we go. But we think we've got two years with this max, and then we're going to um, we have to find a new variant. Oh, yeah. It should be a shame, because it's so, been brilliant, that Christmas yeah. tree. So, but we've done nothing apart from the Christmas tree so far. Any plans? Oh, actually, no. We, all, we had a big, um, a big Christmas lunch with said brother-in-law and sister-in-law at their house. And what are they doing for trees and stuff? Uh, they got a new one from Ace, actually. They wanted our oh. tree again, and we told them where to shove it. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So they went to Ace in the end, and actually, they, they, it was—it wasn't a cheap tree. It was um, yeah. about like twelve hundred dollars, and it looks great. Okay, okay. Gotta say, but I think you know, if you're going to make a, a purchase that's for a long period, for a decade or more, then really you should kind of go for it. Get get the great tree. So yeah, I'm going to um, I'm going to work hard at that in a couple of years' time. What are the plans for the decorations in the house? This is way above my pay grade, James. Because I'm sure Natalie's got ideas. I know last year you had lights on the banisters. Yeah, yeah. And- so those those um, those are now actually on the Christmas tree. So I Uh-oh. mean, we're so we're lacking in lights. I mean, we've only got six other sets that she could potentially <laughs> use, which obviously none of them will be right. So I'm looking forward to a trip off to get more of those. That's guaranteed. We've got, um, so I'm going to get told, and you know, as you know, I have like the two-hour rule is in place in our house, which is... No, no, um, I didn't know the two-hour rule. What's the two-hour rule? Don't tell them anything until I need it within two hours. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow morning, I know, because actually I do have still Wednesdays and Thursdays off. I know that tomorrow morning at approximately 7.45, once I've done the dog walk, I will be given the next two hours worth of work, which I'm presuming is going to be that, from what I can work out. Turns out it was our wedding anniversary... Um, yeah, day before yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. My dad reminded us yesterday. <laughs> neither yeah. of you remember. Great husband I am, aren't I? Yeah, no, neither of us remembered. Because we had two, you see. So it, it kind of, um, it, it, it's one of those that, yeah, it got a bit delayed. But now we've got the dogs. And also, uh, Natalie has arranged for my wonderful mother-in-law, she genuinely is wonderful, actually, to come and look after the dogs today. We can't exactly go out tomorrow now and go, oh, you know what? Don't mind any chance you can come over yet again to look after the dogs. So I think we're going to try and find somewhere that we can take the dogs, which we did last week, Uh and it actually went remarkably well. Where'd you go? We went to the polo club. 
and the dogs were really well behaved, which was quite something. The Al Habtour Polo Club? Or? No, no, the um, the proper one, the ranches one. The ranches. <laughs> well, there's the ranches, and then there's the other one that's yeah. got the micro hotel, the mini hotel by Warsan. There's that one too. Micro desert, hotel. Desert Palm. Desert Palm. Is that a micro hotel? Well, what makes know. that a micro yeah, hotel? I don't know. It's, I just call it smaller that. rooms. <laughs> oh, we're going to charge you more. I think it's an, I think it's adult yeah. only at the Desert Palm. Is it? Yeah, it didn't yeah. used to be. We used to. There was rare the restaurant there that was great. Yeah, haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. But anyway, so tomorrow we're going to try. Um, I might try the duck hook because apparently you can take oh. dogs outside there. Really? Uh, yeah, we'll see where we go. But again, that's going to be one of those the things. That I'm you can take about. the dogs to the point as well. That's a really good idea. Yes. Um, what's that place called? Um, I want to say La Mer, but it's not that, is it? Yeah. It is Vistamare. Vistamare. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that's another possibility. Yeah. So we'll see where we go, but we need to celebrate something, uh, without a doubt. We just need to work out what the subject is. Now, I remember last year, you had the old power bars running a few sets of lights. Correct. I was reading about power bars. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah. And you the number, what you're doing with them. number of people who are running cords under carpets, which I never actually clued into until I was reading some literature out of the UK and they're saying, yeah, they're saying so many people do this. Yes. Not thinking about it. Okay. So this is the traditional Joe Public's view on um, power bars, which we call extension cords. So I think I call them extension cords too. Do you? Yeah. I might call them power bars now because I think of an extension cord as one little socket at the end and a power bar having, you know, five or six. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the general perception is you've converted one into six and away we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, what people don't realize is because of the singular location, the 13 amp uh, plug that you normally would have on an, on an extension bar, and the fact that each of the plugs that you could plug into the extension bar also is rated at 13 amps, you have the ability to overload it by 600% if you've got six locations. <laughs> Okay. Now, the other thing is at Christmas, what tends to happen is there is a lot going on in terms of what you need to plug in and the amount of power that you need to use. Right. So the issue tends to come when you need more power and you don't really know about the output of power that various things have. Who, who looks at that stuff? I do. Of course you do. <laughs> Actually, these days, you know, I can, I can pretty much rough it out um, quite, quite quickly, which is, um, is much easier. But if you imagine back in the day, things used to actually be worse than they are now. Yeah. Because with incandescent lights and the old, oh. the old light bulbs, they took it up to like 40 times more power than yeah. they do now. So two of those, two of those lighting um, runs could well have been more than 13 amps. And I remember plenty fizzing, and my dad was very clued up, but I remember plenty fizzing and fusing in, uh, when we were kids, and, but we got away with it. But these days we try and be a little bit more sensible than that. Well, now that. they're all LEDs. I mean, does anyone sell actual light bulbs anymore? I don't think so. Well, the thing is, actually I've got to look at this, because the ones we bought in Ace Hardware last, last year, Natalie's telling me are heating up. Really? Yeah, I know. And I was like, super? No, she said, just a little bit warm. But I need to kind of check that out and see what what, yeah. what, what is going on there. Because the, with LEDs, what that would suggest is that there is a short in them somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and I need to look at that. But again, I've got it on a, um, a residual power um, scenario. It's got an earth plug, so that way the, yeah, the main okay. circuit Good. should be should be okay. And I don't have it on the extension, <laughs> so I'm doing most of it right. I've just got to check that final um, uh, the final scenario on that, and I'll, I'll quickly um, 
a whack an amp meter on it and see whether or not it's it's pulling something it shouldn't be. I, I love just the extension cord rally that happens. Forget, yeah. forget about the holidays, putting lights up and stuff. Just generally speaking, the number of extension cords that are everywhere in houses these days because you've got to charge everything. Well, the thing is, they're also... the the. They're designed to a price point rather than yeah. to safety, which I just find utterly in- incredible. So the ones that you should be buying there should have a residual um, original residual power overload um, switch on them. They also should be fused separate from the plug itself so that you have multiple locations where a fuse can blow. Yeah. And thirdly, you should know what you're plugging into it in the in the um, in the the, uh, the first place as well. Yeah, so absolutely. That's what, that's what you ideally would have. Now we have everything going in the opposite direction from that. The only thing that generally is 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 standard is that there is a 13 amp um, uh, fuse in the actual uh, socket that's going into the wall. The rest of it, generally speaking, won't have anything uh, residual power related and won't have a separate fuse in it. And away you go. Yes. Oh, and also the other classic out here is quite often you get the two pin plugs. That, oh yeah, um, yeah. That most people ram into those by sticking a key in the earth and then and then whacking it in. Yes, yeah. yeah. Utter insanity. It really is. Power still on. Oh, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. We've all done it. But still, what? That's insane. When I first came here, my eyes were out on stalks when I first saw somebody do that. You should put a key in a plug. <laughs> And now you don't even bat an eyelid. Oh, no, it's no. like, yeah, you got a key? Oh, <laughs> yes, man. You got a key? You got a screwdriver? <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? You know, the other one that I always get worried about, forget about the extension cords, is you get people coming over. And as you said, you just get used to all of the little subtleties of your home. Yes. And then you got someone coming over and they got to go use the washroom. So you got three different things that are potentially going to go wrong. One, there's the lock on the door that yes. you never use, and they're locking the door, and you're kind of wondering, hope that thing works right. And two, you've got the uh, the butt shower. Oh yes, <laughs> which hoping that doesn't break when someone's using it. Well, no, if you've got a visitor from abroad. <laughs> You've got to be quite adventurous to actually get straight in on that, haven't you? Well, I'm just thinking maybe they've had a, a powerful deposit and they want to, you know, uh, wash it down. Oh, yes, right? fair so, enough. Right? I got you. Yeah. So, and then three, you've just got your, you know, your your toilets here because we end up with water at 50 degrees. Yes. It's, you know, I don't know how often you have to change your, your mechanisms, but, you know, probably every few years, three, four years, depending on how, how badly you've cheaped out on the mechanisms. You don't want to believe this. Here's an absolute classic for you, which is, you know, there is still um, an original flush mechanism that I see in probably 50% of the houses in the ranches. Uh-huh that is now 15 years old. And it's still working. It's still working. Well, this is the thing. You go, yeah. to, you go to the UK, you go to North America, people have got toilets and a flush mechanism that they've never changed. Yes. They could be 20, 30 years old. I know, but that's temperature uh, of the water. Right, because and then, it's cold. Yeah, exactly. So as a result, the yeah. um, the rubber yeah. mechanism that creates the seal doesn't go um, doesn't go off, and, and hence everything's okay. But that's the only one here that I've seen that, really? that generally speaking, is, so is, is, is pretty good. Can you still get that? That... Me? No, no, of course no, not. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, no, you probably could, but the in fact you can. I'm wrong on that. You can, but the price point is so ridiculous that nobody would ever use it again because yeah, they okay. don't think 15 years ahead. We found a flush mechanism for peanuts that will do five, six years. In fact, I don't think we've done replacements on these. Really? 
Not that I'm aware of, actually, well, which means that we've been using them now for eight. That's pretty good. And it's what's, one, what's the brand? Who, where are you getting these? Who's making Tredex. them? Tredex. Tredex. Don't trust all their stuff, but oh. a lot of their stuff is good. Okay. It, that is not a, a, a wide-reaching um, recommendation, but their taps are good on the whole. Okay. Again, you need to know what you're looking at. Um, their taps, interestingly enough, it's the same company uh, that manufactures those that does a lot of the main brands. Some of the grow hairs are made by oh, the same really? outfit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one, that. Uh, toilet sprays, there's only grow hair. Don't even think about going elsewhere. Right. It's, um, it's just too dangerous to do that, <laughs> without a doubt. And interestingly enough, oddly enough, we've had uh, particular models of grow hair um, that have failed. Wow. And... Um, yeah, I and mean, we stop using them immediately. So we stick to the original one that we know will never fail, and uh, and that's it. But it, again, these are all things that you just learn in the yeah. trade from from doing that many of them. It's it's the door locks that always get me because people go in and then they got to lock the door. But you know, maybe the, 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 this one creates panic. <laughs> is the other thing, which is it's not just a stunned scenario. Of, oh, just hold in there, we'll get you out as soon as the locksmith comes. That is the yeah. claustrophobic panic yeah, yeah. of being stuck in a toilet. Yeah. And especially with a small child that yeah. throws that in a lot more <laughs> a lot more heavily. Uh, so what would you do in that situation? If you imagine the reason why a door fails can be through two things, which is just general wear and operation on the first instance. And then the second one is if you have resistance in that lock for whatever reason, you're putting more strain on it, which means it will fail sooner. Okay. Yeah. Both of those scenarios, you're given warnings beforehand 99% of the time. If that lock doesn't feel smooth as you're operating it, then you've got a problem. Okay. So, uh, that's the physical lock, open, close. Secondly, when you are undoing that lock, if there's resistance on it because the striker plate or the wood that's in there is now misaligned, doors drop and various other bits yeah, and pieces, yeah, yeah. you've got a problem. That's <laughs> going to fail. So therefore, these are your little signs that you desperately need to do something with that lock. Yeah. Okay. Now... What do you do with that lock? Well, that's the actual scenario, as always, is the graphite spray. <laughs> the graphite. I've got, and various other people haven't. <laughs> but is, but is, is Ace not selling the graphite spray? No, I don't think they do. Why, why not? Like, you're, you're pimping this stuff. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, the thing is, it is a little bit messy, because unlike, <laughs> unlike WD-40, yeah. um, a WD-40 is clear. Yeah. Whereas graphite isn't. It has that graphite look of it, so it looks yeah. grey. Yeah. So, and the reason for that is, is quite simple, which is, when it has graphite in it, it stays within the lock and its mechanism where it's supposed to be. And when it's totally clear, like the WD-40, it's a much lighter oil that doesn't stay where it should do. So it'll yeah. last for a while, but it doesn't last in the same way. So there is reason for that, but it does take a little bit of, of knowledge of application to be able to make mm. it make it work effectively. So you need your spray. So ba- basically, you need to test your locks every once in a while, especially if you're in you know my place where we don't ever lock the washroom doors until someone comes and then they hear the lock going, you're going, oh, yeah. I hope that thing's going to work. Well, that scenario where you don't normally use the locks, but then uh, you've got that, it makes sense to then go down the, um, the graphite spray route. Um, but the problem with the scenario is if you put the graphite spray in and then at that point... You, I, the way I would do it actually is a double application. So I, I'd be there with graphite spray in one hand. I would then have a tissue in the other so that I can do the <laughs> yeah, clear up yeah, immediately yeah. before it all kicks off. I would then be operating the lock backwards and forwards <laughs> at the speed of light, trying to get it to, to get inside the yeah, neck. Yeah. And then at that point, uh, I would probably try a second time if it still doesn't feel right. If at the end of that second time, I can't get that lock feeling exactly right, 
I get it replaced. There we go. That's the time when you actually need it replaced. So, and if you leave it, you know it will break on you, and then you're in yeah, deep, for deep sure. trouble. And it's only going to go at the worst time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and at that point, you know, it's a phone call to Hamza, as always. Yeah. Uh, locking key issues, people. Um, and, and he comes right away. I mean, I love Hamza. I've, I've used him quite a bit. Do you know, he's one of the first people that we worked with in 2008, and he has, n- I've n- actually, that's not true. I had one customer that got back to us and was, was really bad unhappy about Hamza. Hamza. Not unhappy with Hamza. Anyway, I then looked over their record with us and saw what <laughs> the issues with us and immediately hit the blocked <laughs> details on him because Hamza, there's no way. Nobody uh, ever has a bad experience with yeah, Hamza. He's yeah. just brilliant. The best locksmith. And you know what? He is actually the reason why we decided never to go into locks because he's that good at what he does. Yeah. That why would I want to compete with Hamza? I much prefer to move uh, hand over all of our um, yeah, yeah. key and lock work over to him. Um, knowing that he'll do a phenomenal job. And that's what he does. Like, that's all he does is is locks and doors. And you know what? He's 24, seven, three, six, five himself. Yeah. So he came round our office um, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, Oh, Hamza, you look tired. He's like, yes, yes. I've been up for all of the last 48 hours apart from sleeping in the van. (laughs) And he'd been that busy. He just, he just goes constantly, which is unbelievable. But he's, he's such a good guy. So uh, look him up. Hamza, um, lock and key issues. There you go. You know what? I'll, I'm going to put his contact details in the D in, in the description. Fantastic. Yes, please do. Why not? Because as I said, I've had great use with him. And yes. I love it because he, he sends you pictures of everything Yep, and he'll send you the photos and he'll say, look, this is going, this is gone. Do you want to do the whole thing at once or do you want to do some of it? And yes. And he never installs rubbish. Like no, no. The that's real bad rubbish. Well, and you know, I, and so this is the exact situation we had with a gate is we had our, you know, the, the watering guy who the key broke in the lock and you know it's gonna break this this i'm surprised the key lasted that long it it, had been 20 years wow same locking mechanism so hamza comes he pulls out the tumbler he gets the key out puts a new one in and he says okay here's you you know this is what i need to put in you probably need this other piece too not not now but you're gonna need it why not just replace it and i said you know what what do we get back because we've got more doors to do yeah and the gardener guy said, you know, he says, how much did that cost you? And so I told him, he goes, I could got it for you for cheaper. I know. And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. I can call Hamza and he's going to be here. And when it doesn't fit, if it fails, I can call him back. Whereas your guy, I'm going to get a. <laughs> and, and also if it's uh, exterior as well, yeah. what they'll be getting is a mild steel. Now Hamza yeah. wouldn't even probably mention to you that what the grade that he's got is designed for exterior and therefore costs more. Oh, it totally and, looked different. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah but th- therefore, but to the general public and as, as a customer, they think, oh, he's more expensive than the other guy. He's not. He's provided a totally different service. Yeah. And therefore, <laughs> thanks to Hamza, you are not going to get locked out in six months. And literally, all it takes is one rainstorm when you're using an interior lock externally and it's gone. It's done. Yeah. And that's the frustration. It really is. I was totally look- get all that. I was, I was looking at some stuff about screens again. And uh, did you did I you see that? that? <laughs> did you see that thing? Patching a screen. James. Did you see it? Did you see it? Come on! It's but like I'm sure you just put these up here so I can have a rant. Right. So what this article was for all you people out there? What this article was was a suggestion that by getting a, a, a patch, which is basically an adhesive based. <laughs> screen part to go over a rip and if you get it quickly then everything will be okay 
No, it won't. It'll look absolutely horrific. What are you talking about? Absolute rubbish. I'll put the links up, but I wondered if that picture, was that the during the installation or the after? Because there's a little bit of tape on it. So I... Oh, uh, I'm serious. Just no. <laughs> it's not even expensive. So no, no. the only scenario where I could even remotely imagine that might be feasible is on a rolling mechanism. Okay. Yeah, now, there's lots of these on windows in Dubai. So when you've got a, like a, a short window rather than like a sliding patio door, fixed, fixed door, um, these are generally used on smaller windows. Uh, they're generally not used anymore for a very good reason, <laughs> which is they're utter garbage. So which, which, what are we talking about? These here? are rolling up, oh, yeah, rolling yeah, up yeah. Uh, mosquito nets. Yeah, and the reason is the sand gets in the mechanism in the, sort of the first two months, yeah. and after that, it's just an. Absolute but what a what a nice selling point when people move in and say, "Oh, look at that! We can roll the screen up." Well, you say that, but normally, if you imagine, those have been installed six months at least before the house has actually been handed over. So any real estate agent worth his salt goes, "Oh yes," and we've got rolling um, mosquito nets. <laughs> Not once will he ever touch them. Yeah. He knows. Or she knows for that matter. <laughs> yeah. So there's no way. And then they come to us and go, oh, you can fix the mechanism. No. Nope. Absolutely literally not. We're not even going to touch that. That will yeah. be an utter disaster. And no, you won't be able to get the spares because anyone who actually supplied that would have run. There is no way that they're hanging around for any kind of warranty period on those. Oh. Totally not designed for this region. So I was looking at all of the ways you can repair screens and, and you know, you can go to SpeedX, you can go to Ace, you can buy everything. Yes, you can. And all I remember is when your boys came and changed the screens at my place Yeah, and, and the, the two guys are there and it took, you know, they did a few. We, yeah. And in fact, they, they, you know, the screen door, they did one of them and the other, cause the dogs were running through the screen doors. Yes. And so they only did one cause I thought, oh, you know what? I keep one of the screen doors blocked shut anyway, cause I don't want it mm. opening. And and, and so I've got one that's a nice memory of the dogs using it as a door and the one they fixed. And I just remember the guys looking at it and they're going, well, the, there's the rubber tubing stuff. So first of all, they have all the tools. Yes, we do. So, so this is the first thing. You can change your screens, but you need to go buy some tools, which, you know, you're going to change the screens again at some point. So at least you'll have the tools if you remember that you have them. Assuming you can find where the tools are from. Took right. us six months to find yeah. where to buy those tools So from. you've got to find the tools that yeah. are... And then the second thing is... You got to get the screen, so that's that's easy enough. You can do that. Well, you might have to be cutting some. Yes. Third, you've got to get that little rubber stuff. Yes, you do. Now, obviously, those come in five different sizes. Of course, and that was the thing that the guys had who did our place yeah. is they had four of the sizes because there's one size. No one uses that no, size. Absolutely. Yeah. Get to my place. The it's guys looking, he's going. No. You wouldn't believe this one. You got this, but don't worry. We, we can get it to work. And yeah. the guy worked it hard, but he said. Uh, yeah, this, and I'm just going, this is the problem because, um, you know, you're not going to be thinking about this when you go to change your own screens. And the jimmying work he had to do to get it nice and tight. Now, fortunately, your guys, they do this all the time. These were the screen guys. Yes. So they know what they're doing so that it is, there's no little ripple in it. There's nothing. But there's more than that, which is this. So even on a basic level, there are two different types of screen that you can use. There's aluminium or right. there's nylon. Yeah. Okay. Most people think aluminium, that's the way to go. No, it definitely isn't. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is, as soon as you touch that, even if you touch it a little bit, it stretches. Yeah. Pretty much an aluminium has no, no flex in it. So yeah. therefore it will just stretch and that's gone. If you get six months out of that, I'd be amazed without it looking terrible. So nylon is the way to go. 
Now, nylon, you can get the expensive nylon or you can get the cheaper nylon. Uh-huh. The cheaper nylon's from China. Uh-huh. It's much better than the more expensive <laughs> stuff. We tried both. And, and would you believe it? The cheaper one is better. Wow. So um, it has basically more uh, more ability, more strength to be able to A, um, bounce back, and secondly, for that stretch to get it stretched correctly. The Chinese stuff is better. Who would have believed it? Never. Yeah. So for our boys, like you say, we're doing it the whole time. But again, the rubber that goes around the edge, it disintegrates. You yeah. can't see that until you've pulled the old one out and you're already committed to the job. Yeah. And then at that point, trying to find it. Oh, and also you can only buy it in 100 meters yeah. at a time. <laughs> that's, that's the don't thing. sell it by the meter. So... You know, that's, oh, and the other nice thing is, when you pull it out, because it's been in there for quite a long time, it compresses. Right. You take it to a shop, and they're going to give you one size too small. So when, always, you, when you come back, you're going to be in trouble. It's not even expensive. 175 dirhams um, uh, of replacement. And again, uh, if you're with us, we, we come with both experience and warranty. So yeah, that's the you I like. The guys just know what they're doing, because that, that was my lesson. It's like, I can do this. Um, you know, then you start doing a, a cursory look for the, the, the stuff. You yeah. realize... Yeah, no. And then no. you watch a few YouTube things and you go, yeah, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, again, that's the other great thing about YouTube is it always looks simple on YouTube, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember that when I decided I'd reflow the chip in my PlayStation 2 many years ago. Was it 3? Can't remember. And um, my God, was that an involved activity? I managed it and I was hugely proud of myself. Yeah. Literally, I'd take a blowtorch to the main, the main motherboard. <laughs> great fun. I loved every minute of it, but... I was prepared to lose that thing. Oh man! Yeah. What, what, what have we missed? What's What's left to do? I'm looking. What else our, we got? Yeah, no, I'm looking down our screen. I think that that's where we're at. I think we hit almost everything. No, we have. We've hit everything. We've that, hit everything. That on never the list. happens. We're, we're ready to wrong. go. We're ready and raring to go for another season. We're gonna We're gonna do a catch up on that shed. It's probably gonna be done next time we talk. No, I said I said more than a month. <laughs> it's three hours only. Gee whiz! I know. I was trying to find those three hours, and especially when I've got a beetle part outside. That's miles uh, more fun. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, as always. I'm, and I, I look forward to when we start doing it again. Sounds good. We will fix it. And Essential Maintenance Dubai is where you can find Colin and the gang. And we're going to do it all again real soon. Scroll down, take a look at what we're doing. In the description, you'll find some notes. Maybe you want to watch us on YouTube. <laughs> I put pillows behind the chairs this time. That's that. Oh, it helped. I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling quite good on that. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs>